0: The thing about depression is that it doesn't only affect you. I know this because it's affecting my relationships, my job, and even my health. I'm sorry for all the relationships I've sabotaged in the past couple of months and all of the people I've hurt in the process while I was hurting. Sometimes I wake up, realize I'm still here, and then close my eyes and go back to sleep because that's a few extra hours. I don't have to be me. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen in the big sits you didn't ask for, but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. you ready hi besties and welcome to a brand new episode of almost adulting previously known as too tired to be crazy with me your host Vila benson aka your big sister we have episodes every thursday and starting this month we will also now be having episodes every other tuesday also I am now posting all my episodes on YouTube as well. So if you want to see the video version of this, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Almost Adulting. And the video goes up every Friday, which is a day after this podcast episode goes up, which is on Thursdays. So yes, not only are you getting two extra episodes a month from me now, which is every other Tuesday, starting next week on Tuesday, and we already did a little tester last week, but you also be getting consistent youtube videos for me every friday so make sure to go and subscribe obviously subscribe to this podcast as well don't forget to write me a review if you enjoy my episode they really help me and i read all of them last month it was all about work month and we focused on that I helped you score an interview, get the promotion you always wanted, deal with office politics, deal with office bullying, getting your dream job, and all these things. One feedback that I got from a lot of you, which was so effing amazing, was the fact that my solo episode of Four Lessons to Success has helped so many of you score your dream job by acing your interview. So if you missed it, make sure to go listen to it. Okay, so now we move into mental health month, which is May. So this month is dear to my heart. I am a big advocate for mental health. As you know, I've had my own battles with mental health as many of you have as well. I mean, these days I feel like it's a pretty big topic that a lot of people discuss. We're gonna have some amazing guests this month and we're basically going to cover every corner of mental health possible from when it comes to self-love to breakups to relationships to experiences of a child actor growing up in entertainment to just everything it's going to be amazing but today I wanted to start off with an episode that's a solo episode where I recorded this a couple of years ago and I discuss my battle with depression and I read through the diary of a poem that I wrote and some of you have probably heard this episode so you can revisit it but not only do I discuss my own battle with it and how I almost didn't make it through, <laughs> it breaks my heart to even think of it, but I also discuss based on research to explain difference between being sad, feeling depressed, and being actually clinically depressed, which are three different things. And the reason it's so important to distinguish between those three is because two of those, once you kind of realize in your head that you're not fully depressed, it's so much faster and easier to get back up. So I think just being more educated about those three different types is going to really help a lot of you out there to better understand your situation and to maybe feel better. And also in the description of this episode, I left a bunch of links to hotlines, and to sites that can better help you if you're currently going through something. And of course, if you are currently struggling or your heart is breaking and you feel like there's no one you can talk to, just know that you're not alone. And please, please, please reach out to someone and ask for help. It's never too late to ask for help. Trust me. Before we get started with this episode, I wanted to just cover a few little thoughts. I have nothing to update you on my personal life, <laughs> but I am very excited for this episode. I just wanted to give you some words of encouragement. A, did you know that actually 70% of people with depression improve? I feel like that's a really cool statistic that I didn't know before. I don't know if I talk about it on this episode or not, but one thing is that I believe deep in my heart that being strong is killing us. And that's why it's so important now to be more open about these conversations. Enough with pretending that we're strong all the time. And I've, I've learned this the hard way. It's important sometimes to admit when you're not okay. And one thing that I've recently learned the last year or so is that being sad, and you'll hear me discussing with my guests this month about this, is that being sad, we have to remember that it's not a bad emotion. We have to subcategorizing it that way is just an emotion and all emotions pass. So we unfortunately categorize being angry, being sad, being frustrated, being anxious as bad emotions. So when we feel those emotions, we freak out because we think there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong with us. It's just an emotion the same way we experience being happy, being excited, being in love. Those are all emotions. And in order for you to understand when you're happy, you have to go through the sad emotions, just like without rain, there's no sun. And I know it sounds cliche and <laughs> something that you'll find on a sign in home goods, but it's the truth. So now I know better. So when I now when I experience feeling sad or needing to cry and all those emotions, I allow myself to be in the moment, to be sad, to cry, because I know it's okay. I know that I'm supposed to experience this in order to get to the happy emotion. And I know there's nothing wrong with me for feeling those emotions because you know when there's something wrong with you, (laughs) when it's toxic positivity and you're just like constantly happy, no one can be happy 24 seven, then there's actually something wrong with you. (laughs) But the hardest part is that we don't understand is that when we're depressed, the truth lies to us. We lie to ourselves. When you're depressed, it tells you things are actually worse than they really are. And we end up believing that people love us less. We end up believing that people care less about us and that we need to get up. It's the scariest thing how the depression club is a very lonely club that you think you're the only member of, yet there are so many other members part of this club that we have no idea about. Like literally half this world, even maybe even more. Most people have experienced some types of feeling of sadness, anxiety, depression, and so on. The problem with when you get in your head and when you're depressed is you start to assume that people love us less. And the problem with that, with depression lying to us, is that psychologically, when you tell yourself a bad thought, let's say, if I tell myself, my sister doesn't love me, I think it's just words. I think it's just a thought, but it's not because words eventually become your thoughts and your thoughts become your reality. So psychologically, this is scientific. When I keep telling myself my sister doesn't love me in my brain, I will then start to accidentally revisit old experiences that I've had with my sister and your brain will try to prove your thought to be correct. It's a real thing. Our minds will then try to find the truth. So my brain, I will end up going back to experiences that I've had with my sister. And when I will replay those experiences, my mind will try to find the truth that I just said my sister doesn't love me. And suddenly experiences that I've had with my sister, they were pleasant, they were lovely, they were amazing. In my mind, when I will revisit that thought, suddenly, I will notice something that was never there. Like my sister looking at me weird. My sister's response maybe in a text when I say I love you and she said you too. Suddenly I'm like, wait, how come she didn't say I love you too? Suddenly I think there's something wrong. And it's a real thing. And this comes from, for example, if I tell you, oh my God, I always see red cars. I always see red Toyotas when I'm driving. And you'll say, that's so crazy. I never see red Toyotas when I'm driving. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy. Okay, cool, whatever. Guess what happens next? Next time you're driving, you will suddenly start to see red Toyotas nonstop. You know why? It's because your mind will now try to prove that to be a fact. Your mind will now search for the truth. So that means that's why your brain will suddenly be drawn to that. So that's where it comes from when you start lying to yourself on accident and you start telling it to yourself that people love you less. Even though that's not true, your mind will revisit things and create problems and scenarios where there were none before. So I think it's something to take into consideration and to remember. And also before we get started with this episode, I just wanna remind you is that one thing that I've realized we're all going through so much with the trauma of the last two years that most of us cannot fathom. Our brains are not mentally capable of experiencing so much trauma so quickly. So that means for the next couple of years, For the next few years, we will continue going through the motions of understanding the trauma that we went through. We have not processed it yet. That's the wild part. So people right now are more angry. People right now are more depressed. People right now are more lost. So right now, it's so important. I know this is hard, but it's important to not take everything so personally with other humans. We're all just doing our best. So a lot of the time, If you remove your ego from the situation, you will see that somebody didn't actually snob you. Somebody maybe wasn't actually rude to you. Somebody didn't ignore you on purpose. Sometimes they're either just busy, they're in their own world, they're going through their own stuff and they don't know who to talk to and they're just keeping to themselves. We never know what's actually going on with other people. Just the same way we can go through our depression, we can go through our sadness, we can have bad days, we forget that other people can as well and that they have their own problems. Most of the time, people are not thinking about us as much as we think they are, in a way that they're doing something malicious to us by ignoring us or talking shit about us and so on. Most of the time, that's not actually what's happening. So I think that's something that's really important to remember. Before we get to this episode, I'll just give you a few things about pop culture if you care to listen about it, and then we can just get started with the episode. Okay, queens? I'm just loving this new structure of the podcast. I love the fact that we're moving into six episodes a month and that we're also moving to YouTube every Friday and that we're also going to have a full episode dedicated to you guys starting in June. I'm excited for that. And the fact that we have this cute little pop culture segment every episode and the fact that I keep trying to have the better with Violet. So one thing that I started to do this week that you can also try... To do that can help you is that this week i created a mood board where i printed out things that i want to happen for me in may from small things to big things like for example i printed a picture of vegas because i really want to take my mother to vegas this month she's obsessed with vegas and the shows and i really want to make it happen so that's me manifesting that i will get to go and give her the best vegas experience ever then some big dreams, I printed out a picture of Jack Harlow in my mood board and I was just like, okay, he will fall in love with me. First, he just has to know that I exist, but his face is on my mood board, so I feel like it can happen. And obviously when it does happen, I'm going to have to go back to all these episodes where I mentioned him and delete them because <laughs> that's embarrassing. The funny part is that I was never even into Jack Harlow. I didn't even know who he was until a month ago when Heather my podcast manager mentioned him and that's how I included him in my list of guys that I would date but ever since then it started as a joke and I'm like am I serious (laughs) I'm like kind of serious about it I don't know whatever I love having a crush and I have no one to crush on so it might as well be Jack Harlow okay so a little pop culture before we get on with this very heartfelt depressing episode this happened a couple days ago for starters as you know Olivia Wilde seemingly got served legal documents from her ex, Jason Sudeikos. Heather spelled this out for me, but I know I still got it wrong. Basically, while she was on stage at CinemaCon last week, that's actually really weird. Funny enough, she was basically on stage to hype up her new movie, Don't Worry Darling, which stars her new boyfriend, Harry Styles. These documents are apparently custody documents, and Jason said that he didn't know ahead of time that she would be served on stage while it could be true and that he had nothing to do with timing it seems like a weird coincidence also why would anyone do that i honestly that story made no sense to me it felt a bit dramatic maybe he's a gemini like Kanye. i have no idea moving on kim and pete made their red carpet debut at the White House Correspondents' Dinner over the weekend. We've all seen the videos of him being the most protective boyfriend ever, and I feel like whoever didn't stand them before is obviously standing them now, including me, I'm becoming kind of obsessed with the relationship probably because I have no relationship going on in my life. So it's kind of easy to live vicariously through them. So of course, whatever we get to see, we are romanticizing them. So it was really cute how he was like overly protective walking with her. And then at the elevator, he was like protecting her as well, just kind of I love how I'm showing this with my arm. I'm like trying to show you guys with my body language what he did and I just realized this part is fully audio, so never mind. But yeah, I thought it was the cutest thing. So honestly, she is glowing. They're such a hot couple and I don't care if you think they're a PR relationship and they'll never last, they look good together. Plus, Pete, in the most fashion Pete way, has decided to get a new tattoo on his neck and it reads k n s c p aka for her children north saint chicago and some the fact that the p is silent i do not understand american english sometimes so odd to me i mean i'm all for a guy tattooing my name on him multiple times but a kid's name yeah that's a little weird But I guess when you already have like 5,000 tattoos in your body, what's a few more of someone's children? I don't know. Personally, I think it's a nice gesture, but I'm also incredibly impulsive and extreme when it comes to relationships. So what do I know at this point? Anyway, finally, we have the Met Gala, which just happened on Monday night. So this means this week is going to be all filled with best dress and worst dress lists. And I'm going to go ahead and make my own worst dress list right now. And it's basically just like every man who thought they could just get away with wearing a basic black suit. Obviously, except Jack Harlow. He's great. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry for snorting while I laughed. So childish. Not. Anyway, we look at Blake Lively. She wore a dress that changed colors. Lizzo played the flute while walking in. By the way, I've seen her in concert before, and she slays the flute. It's honestly insane. And you're telling me that all these women dressed up so well, paid thousands of dollars for a stylist, while these men just wore a simple suit, and that's the best they could come up with. Which, by the way, it's mind-blowing to me that those men also pay for a stylist. And then they all wear the same black suit. It's honestly, what a waste of money. Just give me that money instead and I'll dress you. And then you'll probably end up on worse dress, on Vogue. But at least you'll be on Vogue. So you're welcome. Okay, I think that's that. So, okay, besties, let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to Mental Health Month. Don't forget that we will have a brand new episode next week with Mark Groves. Create the love, and it's going to be two episodes. You're welcome, Tuesday and Thursday. Anyway, I hope you love this episode. I would love to hear your feedback about it. It is a very personal episode, so please be kind. Love you, besties. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Today, the topic I'm going to be talking about is depression. First, I guess if we're going to talk about depression, I wanted to kind of give some facts about depression. So depression is the leading cause of disability in the world. In the United States, it's close to 10% of adults struggle with depression. But because it's a mental illness, it can be a lot harder to understand and also to this day, no one actually knows where depression comes from. I mean, obviously, they say it's biological and it has to do with the environment. No one can ever predict when it's going to happen to someone or when it, and when it's coming back. One major source of confusion is the difference between having depression and feeling depressed. Almost everyone feels down from time to time. Getting a bad grade, losing a job, breaking up with your significant partner, having a rainy day or just being in your feelings. That's you feeling sadness. And sometimes there's no trigger to it. It just happens. You can't always be the happiest and you can't always be the saddest, but you know that things are going to change and things are going to get better. The difference when it comes to someone who's going through depression, actual clinical depression, is when you don't know anymore that things are going to get better. And that's kind of the two differences. And I think being able to know the distinction between feeling depressed today and between having actual depression, I think in a way almost saves you. Because when you're able to categorize it, you're able to know where you're at and what you need to do to get out of it. Clinical depression, unlike feeling depressed, it's a medical disorder and it won't go away just because you want it to, unlike when you feel sad. These sad feelings don't just disappear, they stay there. It lingers for at least two consecutive weeks and significantly interferes with one's ability to work, play, and love. Depression can have a lot of different symptoms. It can have a low mood, loss of interest in things you'd normally enjoy, changes in appetite, feeling worthless or excessively guilty, sleeping either too much or too little, poor concentration, restless, slowliness, loss of energy, or reoccurring thoughts of suicide. If you have at least of five symptoms, you qualify for diagnosis of depression. So basically when people are feeling down, there are two things people tend to confuse with depression. When you're experiencing grief or when you're experiencing sadness, because depression, grief, and sadness tend to be very similar. Grief is explicitly reactive. So if you had a loss and you feel incredibly unhappy, and then six months later, you still feel deeply sad, but you're functioning a little bit better, it's probably grief. And it will probably ultimately resolve itself in some measure. But if you're experiencing a terrible type of loss where you feel terrible and six months later, you can barely function, you can't get out of bed, everything is triggering to you, you're just feeling it's the end of the world and nothing will get better, that's different. That means you're heading towards depression. People think of depression as being just sad. And that's why a lot of times you hear so many people saying like, oh, I'm so depressed today. I didn't get the job. We're like, this guy doesn't like me. I'm so depressed. But it's not the same. And I think that's what's really important to be able to kind of tell the difference between all of those. I feel like lately my moods have been a little up and down. And I've been trying to kind of avoid it and not think anything of it. The best way for me to describe how I've been feeling lately is that I've been feeling happy and sad at the same time. And I've been feeling a little unmotivated. Like I don't care if I'm here or not though. So it's not like I don't want to be here, but I just feel like I don't care about anything. And I just don't feel like doing Anything. I don't feel like excited about things, and I want to don't want to do things, and I want to take more naps, and I just kind of stay in bed. But then yesterday, I woke up and I suddenly had a really bad allergic reaction to my cat on my left eye. It started to get really puffy, and and if you're watching the video right now, you will see it literally looks like I have a black eye. It still hasn't gone away. But once I saw that, that kind of told me, uh-oh, I'm in trouble because that means that my immune system is low. And my immune system is low, that means that I'm not taking good care of myself. And if I'm not taking good care of myself, that means something's up. Because normally, when you're feeling sad, you don't really get to realize it for quite some time what's going on. So, when I woke up with my black eye, I then was trying to process in my head Am I sad? Am I feeling depressed? Or am I going through depression right now? I sat there and I started to think and I started to ask myself almost like the most normal questions that you wouldn't even think to ask yourself. But I did that. It was more, am I sleeping more? My answer was yes. Am I feeling excited about anything? My answer was no. Do I feel hopeful? The answer was no. So that kind of made me worried. But then I said, okay, am I losing appetite a little? Yes. But can I still get up sometimes and either open the door to the Postmates or... Can I get out of bed to make food? The answer was yes. And I was like, okay, that's good. That's good. Because this question sounds so silly, but someone who is going through actual depression would not be able to get out of bed to even make food. It's too hard. So me knowing I could get out of bed, that made it easier for me. I was like, okay, that's good. Good to know. During the day, do I have moments of happiness? My answer was yes. That moment told me, oh shit, okay, there's still hope. There's still hope to get better. So whatever I'm feeling is not clinical depression right now. I'm just feeling down. That kind of helped me. But I don't think I would have realized that I was feeling so down and uninspired and happy and sad at the same time until I was able to wake up and see that I am struggling physically. And that's my allergy reaction, my allergy attack to my cat since I'm really allergic. And the last time I was having severe allergic reactions to my cat was three years ago when I was going through very severe depression. And I think that's why yesterday I kind of got worried. That's kind of why I decided to talk about depression today because it brought me to what I was going through three years ago. Yesterday, I kind of also started to read through some things I wrote three years ago and in a weird way that kind of made me feel better because I was like, okay, I'm not feeling as low as that. So I know I'm gonna be okay. I wanted to share with you how I felt three years ago when I was going through depression. And the way I was going through depression, it was, I didn't realize I was going through it. First, I started to feel like I was really alone. I was constantly surrounding myself with people. And it felt as if I was standing still and everyone around me was moving very fast. It was this feeling where I was seeing the world not in color. I can't explain it. It's almost like my sight changed. So... I remember I was constantly around people because I thought that would make me feel better. But instead, if you don't have real connections with people, it will actually make you feel lonelier. And I've talked about that on other episodes. When I was constantly around people, just to be around people, not to be alone with my own thoughts, one day I lost my voice. So I wasn't able anymore to deflect constantly from how I was feeling and make jokes and and be the center of attention constantly, you know, be all over the place. Losing my voice kind of forced me to shut the fuck up (laughs) because I couldn't talk. And I remember this one day I was sitting around, hanging out with my friends. We're all all creators. And I was just writing some poem and I showed it to my friend, Enwar. And Enwar read the poem and he looked at me and he looked worried. And he just looked at me and he said, are you okay? And I swear to God, there was something about it when he said that, that I felt like he saw me. Like the first time, in that moment, someone saw me. He felt my pain. He saw that there was some pain through my eyes, pain that I didn't even realize I had. Because the moment he said, are you okay? I couldn't make a joke because I lost my voice. And all I could do in that moment was be silent with my thoughts. And boy, did I not like the thoughts that I had in my brain in that moment. And I remember I was mortified. I thought any second now I'm about to break down and cry because I realized I'm not okay. Okay. And I just wanted to get the fuck out of that room. Luckily, some of our friends walked into the room and they distracted Anwar and he forgot about the situation and I pretend like it never happened, but it was still in the back of my head. And then I finally went home instead of sleeping in my friend's houses all the time. And it was the first time in a few months that I got to be by myself and I got to be alone with my thoughts. And that was really scary. So I sat down and I wrote down a poem about how I felt, not thinking anything of it. And then I went to sleep. And I woke up in the morning, I read the poem, and I was like, holy shit, who is this girl? Because that can't be me. This girl sounds incredibly suicidal, incredibly depressed. That can't be me because I'm strong. And if you're feeling sad or you're feeling quote-unquote depressed, that, that makes you weak. But after I read that poem, that made me realize that I needed to do something about it. Writing my emotions down because I wasn't ready to talk to anyone about it. But being able to write it down told me that there was something wrong. I wouldn't have realized unless I did something about it. If I didn't write my feelings down, I wouldn't even know that I was depressed. So I wanted to first share the poem that I wrote with you. I wrote the poem on August 13, 2016. The poem was called Silent Tears. And it said, Sitting here thinking about it all, it's like hanging off a cliff and I'm about to fall. Feeling so empty, but that's nothing new. I've been depressed all day and the day before that too. Fuck. For all that I've loved, it seems like I've loved alone. My heart is barely beating as it's turning into stone. If I had to sit and think of all the things I love, my name wouldn't be something that I would even think of. How could I be so lost when it seems like I've got it all? No matter how much I have, I can't help but feel so small. I wish I could explain all this pain that I'm feeling. Focusing on the negative, there's just no time for healing. So broken on the inside, I just want to cry. But when I'm around my friends, I just smile, nod, and lie. It's becoming such a burden how much I'm holding in. I want to let it out, but I don't know where to begin. I want to speak up, hoping you'll set me free. By these silent tears I'm crying, no one can rescue me. The reason I'm getting sad right now is because I. it makes me sad to remember myself when I went through something like that, even though... I haven't sunk into that type of depression in a long time. Just rereading my, my words um, makes me really sad. But also it makes me feel better knowing that I'm in such a better place now, even if the past, you know, two weeks or so I've been feeling a little down. I it, it tells me that I'm not in that other place because I'm able to talk about these things. So I kept writing about what I was experiencing. So that's the poem. So I'll continue to share with you what I was feeling in 2016. Over the last few months, I've been too embarrassed to admit to anyone, including those closest to me, that I've sunken into depression. I didn't realize how broken I was until every time I laughed, I wanted to cry. To be honest, I haven't been myself for quite some time now, but nobody seems to notice. I guess I've just gotten so good at pretending to be okay because I never want to disappoint or bother anyone with my sadness. I've been fighting this battle with myself and I feel like I'm losing. I feel like I'm losing hope, purpose, and control to the point that some days I don't want to wake up at all. What's wrong with me? Why can I be normal? How did I get here? I have everything these days, so sometimes I think it's all in my head. But if that's the case, then why do I still feel so empty inside? Why does my body feel so paralyzed? Why is my heart filled with darkness? And why is my mind filled with so many negative thoughts? The thing about depression is that it doesn't only affect you. It slowly begins to affect everyone around you. I know this because it's affecting my relationships, my job, and even my health. I'm sorry for all the relationships I've sabotaged in the past couple of months and all of the people I've hurt in the process while I was hurting. Please don't hate me. I already hate myself enough. I've been such a Debbie Downer lately, which is why I've been distancing myself from all of my friends. To be honest, I just don't want to be a burden. I must be so annoying to be around and it's getting harder and harder to fake it and put a happy smile. I'm not even really sure what day it is anymore since I've been so tired lately and I've been sleeping a lot. Sometimes I wake up, realize I'm still here, and then close my eyes and go back to sleep because that's a few extra hours I don't have to be me and it feels really nice. When I can't sleep anymore, I just lay in bed and stare at the wall for a few hours while the negative thoughts creep up on me. I swear my daily routine consists of emotionally eating, sleeping, and repeating. Just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, the last guy I dated, things didn't exactly end well, tweeted about how good it feels to see that his ex isn't doing so great and that she's gone fat. Ouch. That hurts, B. I wish I could have told you what I was going through, but you changed your number. I never meant to hurt you. I was projecting negativity onto you, but my pain was never about you. Please stop trying to break me. I'm so broken as it is. I guess I've been so busy being depressed that I didn't even realize that I gained any weight. I'll just add it to the list of everything else that's wrong with me. Shortly after writing this journal entry, I realized that my depression was affecting my health. Once I recognized what I was experiencing, I forced myself to get help. The first thing I did was I called my mom and I told her. And we both cried on the phone for two hours, which surprisingly, it made me feel better. It almost felt like the minute I got to say I was depressed out loud, that it set me free. Like I no longer had to keep my dirty little secret all to myself. Like I was no longer a prisoner of depression. Then I started seeing a therapist. Today, I continue to work on myself and I'm slowly regaining a sense of purpose. Although I'm not fully healed, I have managed to get back to a much better place. I really believe that recognizing that you're depressed is always the first step to recovery. And that's why I'm sharing this with you all. Sometimes we're so focused on seeing the good in everyone else around us that we forget to look at ourselves. Sometimes we get so caught up in helping everyone else that we forget to help ourselves. You got to remember to work on yourself and put your happiness first. Life is worth living so let's stop taking it for granted. There were all these times that you thought you wouldn't survive but here you are. Give yourself a pat on the back that you've made it this far. So who gives a fuck if you're broken? Don't you understand that's the most beautiful thing about you? I wish you could see what everyone else sees. It's your imperfections that make you so goddamn perfect and unique. You're so much more lovable and more beautiful than you give yourself credit. Don't ever feel embarrassed for being sad. It just means that you're human and you're feeling and that's beautiful. There really is so much love and beauty in the world if you just start paying attention. If only you realize that it starts with you. Please be gentle to yourself. Please be as kind and loving to yourself as you are to others. And please, please, please don't take social media so seriously. I think we live in a time where people are more depressed than ever before, and it has a lot to do with social media. I think these platforms make you think like that everyone else's life is so much better than yours and that there's nobody else is ever depressed. Everyone else is so happy and it's just you. The thing about depression is that depression is the most exclusive club out there because it makes you believe that you're the only member. I've heard that saying before, and I think it's 100% true. We don't realize how many other people are going through the same thing and how many other people are struggling. The reason I sometimes feel the need to talk about depression or talk about it today is because I want to be able to continue to use my platforms to help others because I know what it's like to feel completely worthless and unlovable and have this darkness inside of you. Like it makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. And because of that, I never want anyone else to feel that way. I'm so thankful for this life that God gave me. And I feel blessed to have the voice to be able to help others. I know in my heart that this is my purpose, my reason for smiling, making you laugh, helping you feel like you're not alone and putting a smile on your face is what keeps me going. One last thing I want to add is that people can be so quiet about their pain that you forget that they're hurting. That's why it's so important to be kind. Yeah, so I wrote this poem three years ago and then I wrote this uh, journal entry about a year or two years ago. Obviously I felt a lot of emotions right now, reading that out loud because that was, that's really, that's hard. It's hard for me to imagine the pain that I was going through. But on the good note, research found that 70% of people with depression will improve. So I think knowing that it kind of gives you some hope. The reason I felt free when I finally told someone that I was feeling depressed, because I no longer felt like a prisoner of depression. Because the worst part is that we think it's a weakness. We think you're weak if you're feeling sad or if you're feeling depressed, we feel shame, we feel embarrassed. But the problem is that being strong is killing us. So we need to stop thinking that being sad is a weakness because what's the weakness is that we won't take care of it, that we pretend it's not happening because it's not gonna go anywhere. The thing about depression when you're going through it is that the truth lies. And it means that when you're depressed, depression becomes your best friend. And everything your mind tells you, you start to believe it. Even though it's not true, that's where it's lying. But depression is your best friend, so of course you believe it. So if depression tells you the things are actually worse than they really are, you believe it. That people don't love you the way you love them, you believe it. That you'll never get better and there's no point to keep going, you believe it. When you don't feel loved, your mind goes against you. But the thing... That somebody, I heard someone say one time, that also really resonated with me. A question that I think we tend to not ask ourselves when we're depressed. Because in my poem where I was writing, I wrote that I don't want to wake up anymore. And that's how I was feeling. I just don't want to be here anymore. And recently, the past week, when I've been feeling down, yesterday, when I got my black eye allergy to my cat, I also asked that question of myself. I I asked myself... Do I now want to be here anymore? And my answer was, yes, I still want to be here. And that told me that I'm not in the same place I was three years ago. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, Today, when I was with my friend, she helped me pick up a mirror from a warehouse. Being around her, admitting that I'm feeling sad, even though I was feeling shame about it, because I had nothing to attach my sadness to, it made me feel better. So I think that really does help. This is an analogy that I heard before about sadness, if you're feeling depressed or if you have depression, is that when someone has cancer, like brain cancer, brain cancer that they know they're going to die from. If every day they woke up and they did a 20 minute exercise where they, you know, stood on their head and they said, you know what? That's so weird. That makes me feel better. The truth is, it's still not going to heal them. They're still going to die. But if you are depressed or feeling depressed or having clinical depression... And you had a feeling where if every day when you woke up, you stood on your head for 20 minutes and it made you feel better, guess what? That means there's hope. If you had those 20 minutes where you felt some type of happiness, that means you're able to feel more happiness. And just knowing that little thought that like if you're able to feel some happiness, that means this isn't long lasting. I think, yeah, I think that's what gives you hope. Because again, depression, the truth lies. And depression doesn't want you to know that this isn't going to last forever. Depression wants you to think that this is forever. Nothing will ever get better. But if you have these moments where you can feel some type of happiness, that should tell you that you're going to be okay. Um, but yeah, so the question was for someone who's depressed is, do you want to die or do you just not want to feel like this anymore? And I think that question kind of makes you think. I think for me, at least, that helps me understand that stuff better. Because when you're depressed and you're having suicidal thoughts, a lot of the time... Is because you are sick of feeling the way you're feeling. It's not because you want to die. If you are able to distinguish between those two thoughts and you're able to realize that you don't want to die, you just don't want to feel like this anymore, that means there's still hope somewhere there in your heart and you can get better. There was this story, I was listening to a TED Talk on my way to, to the podcast, and there was a story about this lady talking about depression. And uh, I wanted to read what she said. The TED Talk, by the way, is by Andrew Solomon. It's a really awesome TED talk. Um, He recorded it the first time in 2013, but he was talking about this lady that he interviewed. There was a research project in the slums outside of DC. They were doing the project, they were doing a research about depression with people from a rural environment. They picked up a woman who had come in for other health problems and they diagnosed them with depression. And then they provide, in this research, they provided six months of the experimental protocol. One of them, there was a lady named Lolly. She came in, and this is what she said the day she came in. She said, By the way, she has seven children. She said, I used to have a job, but I had to give it up because I couldn't get out of the house. I have nothing to say to my children. In the morning, I can't wait for them to leave. And then I climb in bed and pull the covers over my head. At three o'clock when they come home, it just comes so fast. I've been taking a lot of Tylenol, and anything I can take so that I can sleep more. My husband has been telling me that I'm stupid, I'm ugly, and I wish I can stop the pain. Well, when she was brought in after this experiment six months later, she has taken a job working in childcare for the U.S. Navy. She had left her abusive husband and she said, my kids are so much happier now. There's one room in my new place for the boys and one room for the girls. But at night, they're just all up in my bed and we're doing homework all together and everything. One of them wants to be a preacher. One of them wants to be a firefighter. And one of the girls says she's going to be a lawyer. They don't cry like they used to and they don't fight like they did. That's all I need now is my kids. Things keep on changing, the way I dress, the way I feel, the way I act. I can go outside not being afraid anymore. And I don't think those bad feelings are coming back. And if it wasn't for this experiment, I would still be at home with the covers pulled over my head if I was even alive at all. I asked the Lord to send me an angel and he heard my prayers. I thought that was really sweet. Um, Another thing I wanted to say three years ago when I was going through pretty severe depression was that one, I forced myself to stop feeling shame for being sad because no one in my family really ever was vocal about going through this. My sister has never had depression, so... I remember when I was experiencing sadness, my sister said, how come you're the only one that keeps going through all this stuff? Why do you always have something wrong with you? When sarcasm, and I think it made me feel shame. And that's why it was so hard for me to admit when I was going through depression three years ago. So one of the things I did was I stopped feeling shame and I just allowed my feelings to happen. And I allowed myself to want to get better. And I allowed myself to talk about it because like I said, when you talk about it, it sets you free. And then the other thing that I did was I stopped Asking God, why are bad things happening to me?" Or I stop complaining, I stop saying that things are unfair. I stopped sitting there being jealous of other people. Instead, I remember one day, while I was getting better, I closed my eyes and I prayed to God. And instead of asking him to help me to make me feel better, to give me better things in life, I closed my eyes and I prayed, and I thanked Him. And it was the first time I've ever thought of doing something like that. I closed my eyes and I thanked God for giving me this opportunity to still be alive, to getting better, to having, to, to having my family with me, to having my health, to having my job, to be where I'm at in my life, to giving me hope and to giving me unconditional love from all the people around me and to allowing me to still be here in this world. And I swear just having those moments where I thank God for everything that I have, it made me appreciate my life so much better. And I know you're sitting and you're thinking, I am so thankful, but have you said that out loud? Have you ever sat down and really thought everything you're thankful for and wrote it down or said it out loud or just made a little prayer and just said, thank you, God. Thank you for giving me this life. Thank you for allowing me to still be here. Um, Andrew from his TED Talk, when he was describing depression, his depression from battling all these his life, he said, it made him appreciate so many other things. He said, I think that while I hated being depressed and would hate to be depressed again. I found a way to love my depression. I love it because it has forced me to join and cling to joy. I love it because each day I decide, sometimes gamely and sometimes against the moment's reason, to cleave to the reasons for living. And that I think is highly privileged rapture. He speaks really like smart, <laughs> but I agree. I think I think the cool thing, not that there's anything cool about feeling down, feeling depressed or having depression, but when you're able to experience those moments when you're feeling so low, you get to appreciate the high moments so much more. So moments when you're happy and you find yourself suddenly giggling and you're like, oh shit, I haven't laughed in two months. And this is the first time I'm laughing. It feels amazing. It's like, it's like the first time you try meth. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. I just have to make a joke. I can't, I can't be too serious for too long. But there's something about it that makes you appreciate the happiness so much more. Even right now, I forced myself to sit down and read through my depression blog, which was really hard for me to revisit those feelings. i It's almost like I was in denial that I ever went through that. And just to remember those moments where I didn't like myself so much that I hated waking up. That's so sad. Not just for me to experience that, the thought of anyone else experiencing that, that you think... You're so terrible that you don't deserve to be here. And yeah, I have moments where I didn't want to wake wake up. I, I kept saying out loud, I don't want to be here anymore. And that breaks my heart because I do want to be here. And I want to take better care of myself. And it's important for us to learn how to not be afraid of our emotions and how to take better care of us emotionally. Because I think here I am constantly on this podcast talking about how confident I am and and how you what you can do to heal. And yet I didn't acknowledge the moments where I was slowly losing myself, where I suddenly recently I haven't been feeling like myself and I didn't really know who I was anymore. I started to question myself and I started to feel like I was too much for people around and it was making me feel bad about myself and just... Two days ago, I heard somebody say like, wow, Violet's so straightforward. Why is she like this? And normally I wouldn't care, but that got to me. And I just felt like, wow, being me sucks. I hate this. Why am I too much for people? How do I act differently? Who even am I? I don't know. And I feel like the past two weeks, I've been in a very fragile state and very vulnerable and very embarrassed and ashamed to be feeling this way. Because I can't attach it to anything. It's just passing. And going through these emotions today with you guys by talking about my depression from three years ago, it set me free. Like I feel relieved. I feel better because I know I'm not where I was three years ago. So if you are feeling down, I would do some research about what you're experiencing. Make sure to reach out to talk to someone. Don't alienate yourself. And I know it's it's easier said than done. I think the hardest part, literally the hardest part when it comes to feeling down or being depressed or having depression is getting out of bed. That's probably the hardest part. But if you're able to get out of bed, even just one day, you know, pat yourself on the back because you did a really good job. That's amazing. You got out of bed, now on to the next step. Talk to somebody about this. If you don't feel comfortable talking to people who um, are your friends or your family members, talk to a stranger. One thing I'm going to do is I'm going to leave some um, hotlines for suicide prevention and any hotlines for depression, anything like that uh, in my description box on the podcast and also in, the, in my YouTube description box. So if you do need to reach out to someone and need to ask for help, make sure to do that. If I did describe some symptoms that you've been experiencing, like feeling hopelessness, feeling lonely, isolating yourself, having trouble getting out of bed, sleeping more, loss of appetite, and things like that, you may be experiencing some type of depression. So make sure to take care of yourself. Make sure to acknowledge what's going on. I just want you to know that you're not alone. Everyone experiences this, but it's also really important, I can't stress enough, to try to differentiate what you're experiencing, whether it's sadness, whether it's grief, whether it's just you feeling depressed, but it's going to go away or whether you're going through actual clinical depression. So like the past two weeks, I've been just going through moods up and down of feeling happy and sad, feeling hopelessness. But I know now based on the research, based on what I wrote three years ago, I know it's not the same what I was feeling. So that told me that I'm feeling depressed, but it's not actual depression and it's going to go away. I even feel better after crying on my podcast right now and talking about it. I already feel better. That's so crazy. All right, guys. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. It's, it's been really heavy. Um, I think depression is, is a universal type of a conversation. So it doesn't just take one hour to talk about. I can't save you. No one else can save you. Only you can save yourself. But the first step starts with you understanding what you're going through and then reaching out to someone. Thank you so much for allowing me to, into your hearts and into your mind, I feel like I'm a yoga instructor. Thank you for listening and allowing me to share my feelings with you. And I hope I can help. I hope I'm helping someone out there, even just one person, because this is like therapy to me. So just so you know, even though I've never met you in my life, talking to you, about what I experience, and then also trying to help you makes me happy. Anyway, please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Viola Benson, and please give me a five-star review. Please, please, please. I will love you forever. And I really appreciate it. If you have any questions, go ahead and DM me on Viola Benson or at Too Tired To Be Crazy on Instagram. And again, thank you so much for tuning in to Too Tired To Be Crazy on every Thursday, and I'll see you again next week. Love you.